Diamond, D-I-A-M-O-N-D. A precious gem of the most valuable kind, when pure it is clear. Diamond, D-I-M-O-N-D. A family name bringing traditions of love, hard work, and moral values. This is the Diamond Education Podcast. With my mom and dad, Johnny and Kelly England. This is part one of our conversation with Rob Wood, the fatherhood ninja. We had such a great time talking with him that we split this into two episodes. This week, we'll be discussing fatherhood in general and its benefits on children in our society. Next week, we'll discuss homeschool and how fatherhood plays an important role in that form of education. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Diamond Education Podcast with John and Kelly England, your hosts. Um, we're here to help you find the most valuable education for your children. We're excited to have Rob Wood on with us. He is the fatherhood ninja. Uh, Rob Wood is a fatherhood advocate. He tweets about the blessings of homeschooling, fatherhood, foster care, and other family-related topics. Rob is the founder of Brotherhood of Valor, a group for men, helping them to overcome their challenges and find meaning in their life. He is also the owner of Bluefin Financial Company. Um, Rob is the father of three children and lives in Arkansas, and we are so excited to have you on our podcast, Rob. Welcome. Hey, thank you all so much. I'm excited to chat with you today. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just going to jump right into it. Your Twitter handle is the Fatherhood Ninja. And yep. so why is fatherhood so important to you? And maybe talk about the the genesis of that name, Fatherhood Ninja. Yeah. Uh, so Fatherhood Ninja, I, I have a background in martial arts. And so uh, Fatherhood Ninja just kind of fit my, my, my scheme of life and the things that I do. Uh, even to this day, I still interact with that with my kiddo. My 14-year-old son's in martial arts. So yeah, fatherhood ninja just made sense to me. Uh, but yeah, fatherhood in general, I have noticed over the last 20 years specifically a detrimental decline in the value of fatherhood uh, that our culture has seemed to just bring down uh, the importance of fatherhood. And I think what really sparked my heart, especially from a Twitter standpoint, to start tweeting on Twitter was just the statistics uh, that we see uh, in, in children with fatherless in, in fatherless homes. So, you know, 63% of youth suicides, 90% of youth homelessness, youth runaways come from fatherless homes. You know, 85% of youth behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. Uh, we see a lot of uh, around like 80% of rapists come from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts, 75% of youth patients and chemical abuse centers, 85% of youth in prison, and the stats go on and on. Uh, that really bothers me uh, deep uh, in my convictions, Just, uh, but it, it's just really disturbing, actually, uh, when, you, when you sit back and think these are real children with real souls, real personalities, real life. Uh, these aren't just numbers. And so about a year and a half ago, and I've always been engaged, and we've been engaged in foster care for, for many years, and I've been engaged specifically in young college-age men uh, over the last 20 years. I've done some ministry work. Uh, one thing I noticed very quickly, even when I moved to Northwest Arkansas 10 years ago, is that young men are struggling deeply. Uh, and most of them, not all of them, but most of them have fatherhood issues. Uh, they, have very, they either didn't have a dad or their dads just were not active or engaged in their lives. didn't teach them anything. Uh, so I, I think the fatherless problem is bigger than just no dad is present. We even have dads that are present that are working hard. I don't doubt that a lot of these dads are working hard, but they just don't teach their sons anything. 
yeah. uh, their daughters anything. They're just not engaged. They're not involved. And so this 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 has been on my my heart for 10, 15 years. Uh, and of course, when I had my my first child, it was a son. Uh, I, I specifically like to engage uh, men, but I know this deeply affects females as well. Yeah, stats on 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 females is is troubling when dad's not involved uh, in their lives. But and so my first child was was a boy, and so I, I made a promise to myself uh, when he was born that man, I'm 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 not only am I going to be a dad that that provides and loves and serves his family, but man, I want to be involved in his life and highly engaged in, in what he is doing. Now I do that to a fault. Uh, it annoys him at times, and he gets. <laughs> Um, I think that's true. just the the truth of having teenagers, right? It's just it is, when, you, man, when you get involved as a parent. That's right. Yeah. Well, he's becoming an individual. You know, he's yeah. at that age where he's like, "Yeah, listen, I'm my own person, Dad. Like, get out of my space." You know. Uh-huh. Uh, and we do. We but he's a lot like me. So there's times we butt heads hardcore. Yeah. Um, and and that's and it's devastating to me, of course, when that happens. I'm like, God, son, if you knew how much I loved you, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he doesn't care. You know, yeah. just, no. he just me off this day, Dad. So just back off. <laughs> but yeah, this this is a big problem. So yeah, it's I'm just really passionate about it. I feel it's part of my calling in life uh, to be an encourager, to be an upbuilder, uh, to be someone who can bring genuine value to people's lives. To actually help them. And I think there's a lot of people that just talk real lofty and mm-hmm. don't get down into the bones of everyday life to really help people uh, become better human beings. Yeah. And so, yeah, this this fatherhood epidemic or fatherlessness epidemic is, is devastating our culture. It's devastating human flourishing. And so I'm just deeply passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, I, I love that. I agree with that so much. And it, it's one of the things that I see as well. Um, so I'm, I'm a former teacher and principal and yeah. uh yeah, the the kids that had dads in homes did well better in school. Like that was something yeah. that I specifically noticed. I mean, there's you you listen to somebody like Larry Elder gets in there yeah. and talks about like the problem with you know in in minority communities and black communities is is fatherlessness. That is the yeah. number one problem that they are facing. And just having a dad in the home, like even just having a dad, I, I can't remember the statistic, but just even if the dad isn't doing much. Having yeah. him there like has a drastic improvement on yeah. how children, the outcomes for children yeah. and stuff like that. And so, well, and then in all areas, physically, oh, emotionally, spiritually, academically, it, it, it improves. And, and it's really remarkable that the cultural narrative is so against the thing that can bring about the most flourishing in our in our times. Like the most societal ills that we experience in America are due to fatherlessness. Yeah. And it's like we're afraid to say that. And I get it. And I, I want, I get it. We want to prop up motherhood too. Well, of course, like they're both equally important, yeah. but we need both. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, yeah. Uh, we need that nurture. We, we need mom. We need dad. Like this is by nature designed to function properly like this. And kids flourish in those environments. This is not rocket science. Uh, yeah. But unfortunately, we've muddied the waters and made it. Well, yeah. there's been a, a yeah, there's been a confusion in the roles too. Like when that yeah. started many years ago, I was like, no, there is roles, you know, yeah. that need to happen. Like I'm okay if my husband is the protector of our home, yeah. you know, right. and I'm okay to be the nurse, you know, I, I would say God gave us those roles and those yeah. qualities and talents and abilities for a reason. And like you're saying, when society muddies those 
we're yeah, seeing chaos, the results chaos of that. Ensues, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So. And, and I think it, we're in a time where it's we get to be bold in that and say, yeah, we we believe in in in. And it's so funny to me. They they want to they want to make it out like it's not this equality of yeah. personhood. It's like no, like, like there's functions. Like we're different. Yeah. Yeah. And we have different opportunities to serve our families in different ways and bring what we are gifted in and what we have to the table to, to bring about flourishing in our families and our communities. And I think it's time that you know more people speak out on that and and, and unashamedly and not 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 being like rude to people about it. It's like hey right. man. Yeah, my, my wife doesn't want me to cower when evil comes. My, my right. wife would actually prefer I step in and do something about it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I kind of want to be that guy. So sorry, yeah. I don't want to be, it's like, I don't want to be the guy when crap's hitting the fan and in the situation that's got his phone out, like filming people. You, you know what yeah. I mean? Right. Like, yeah. This is cowardice. It's, it's, it's strange that we've accepted this behavior. But you're right. I mean, you know, we've, we, we have roles to play and I, I want to be faithful in that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. It's so we have five kids of our own. I had four daughters and then my fifth our fifth child is a boy. Yeah. And so but one but there is a definite difference in yeah. how he interacts. I mean, when he was two, like the way he would my girls would run up and give me hugs, and be like, Daddy, I'm so glad you're yeah. home. He runs up and pushes me and tries to tackle right. me, right? It's yeah. it's it's a very different thing that would happen. And so yeah, we men and women are not the same biologically. Like we have differences. We we yep. have those things. And one of the things that as a teacher that I had to explain even to a, uh, another teacher is, you know, she had a kid in there draw like a little stick figure war scene and she got bothered by that. I'm like, no, that's like, no, I, like I did that as a kid. Like that's a normal thing. Like men have you know, these, these violent fantasies where they are the heroes of the story, right? Like that is a normal thing because our role is to, as you said, to be those protectors when evil comes at the door. Yeah. That is our job is to go to that evil and stand there and be like, no, you're not coming in here. This is a safe place for my family to be who God wanted them to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think there, there was a video that was, that went viral that I thought was really interesting. I, I cannot remember what it was, but they were asking uh, women if, if they, I'm going to butcher this a little bit, but they were asking them basically if danger came and, and death was imminent and you had your male partner there with you, who do you want to survive? And they're like, why? Well, I, I want to survive. And all the women were like, I want to survive. And of course they, they would say this. Yeah. And they asked every man, they, they asked these people separately. So they didn't know their answers. Every single man was like, "Man, I'm the first to go. I'm I'm standing in the gap, and I'm gonna yeah. be I'm gonna be killed." And people don't understand this. And like, I'm a I'm an educated man. I'm a grown man, and people don't understand that I'm willing to die for my family. Yeah, uh, there's a real conviction there. And, and you're right. What you said about childhood, those childhood violent family fantasies. I love how you worded that. You know how many times I took a machete to a tree right. as, a, as an eight year old, and how many right. things I cut down and broke and. I mean, it was wild. Uh, the things that we we jump out of things, we you know do so many dangerous things without even thinking yeah. uh, about the potential consequences of those yeah. actions. And, and my daughter would never do these things. Yeah. Uh, well, well, and part of that too, I just remember for myself as a kid, like I was pretending to be you know, the army guy that went oh, behind yeah. enemy lines to save my buddies, or That's right. you know, the the knight. Like I, I would pretend I was the guy fighting the dragon to save the princess or whatever, like all those things, like 
it, it is a very important role that God gave to men to yeah. be a protector of society. You know, there's a lot yeah. of wolves in sheep's clothing going about there. And I, I agree with you. Fathers are the sheep dogs, right? Yeah. That is our yeah. role is to keep the wolves at bay. That's right. Well, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. So a funny story when you guys are talking the difference between boys and girls. <laughs> so one day, so our kids, they jump on the tramp a lot, right? And yeah. when the girls are out there, it's more gentle and they're doing bum wars and, oh, yeah. you know, well, one day my, um, our little boy and all his buddies were out on the tramp and I looked out and they all had their shirts off oh, and yeah. it was like WWF <laughs> out on the tramp. That's right. Like, John, is that like, should I be concerned? (laughs) John's like, nope, let me, you know. (laughs) But it was like all these, like two or three neighbor boys and our boy are out beating each other up on the trail. So with their shirts off. So that that is a that is a thing. We still, even at forty, are tempted to rip our shirts off (laughs) in the backyard. With our kids, I, I you tie things on your head. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I might be concerned if John and a bunch of men in the neighborhood uh, start that, doing that. That, <laughs> that could be something you could do in your community, John. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> With the amount of frost on the ground, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, though. <laughs> yeah it's, it's still a little warmer down here. It's not too bad, so yeah. we yeah. can still get away with it. It's uh, so funny. Okay. You've talked a little bit about this, but I want to hear more about your, you have just recently started Brotherhood of Valor. So if you can tell us a little more about that, I would love to. Yeah. So this is more of a kind of a passion idea. And so, so one of my good friends, I I guess my best buddy uh, I work with, I even own a company with, with him. Uh, He and I, uh, he's two years older than me. Uh, We both have families. We both hunt together. We're, we're really good buddies. And we talk about these things all the time. And, and so we kind of came up with this idea. We've both been in, in uh, corporate environments and retail environments, banking environments. Uh, we do a lot of training, development, equipping. Um, and we just kind of got that conviction over time as we talk about fatherhood, as we talk about fatherlessness, foster care, all these things, our community that we live in. You know, how do we, how, how can we serve young men better? And even older men. I mean, I mean, I mean, guys in their fifties that are, uh, you know, you know, terribly out of shape, unhappy. They 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 want guidance and direction, even if it's coming from a forty year old or a forty one year old. Uh, I, I've seen older men. I've got guys on Twitter that I interact with a lot that are just really good guys in their mid twenties and late twenties that are that are coaching sixty year olds. That's how bad the dynamic is right now. Uh, I, I'm glad that my twenty eight year old buddy is getting paid to coach and help. A six-year-old, but I'm really sad that a six-year-old, sixty-year-old, is going to a twenty-eight-year-old for help. Yeah, the other way around, and he should be pouring his wisdom out on the world. So I, there's just a, there's everything's just so upside down right now, and and so we're our passion in, in Brotherhood of Valor is to bring back you know masculinity and, and purpose, you know, centered in that you were Christian men. Uh, uh, there's a gentleness to us that we're not talking about like the this rugged edge to us, but we will, I mean, I'll, I've been in plenty of fights and stuff through my martial arts things. And I, we talk about those things. I think it's important to still talk about those things, but we really want to get into like personal development, personal responsibility, personal accountability, um, building frameworks out for men to actually become better yeah. uh, because men, men are prone to, to this type of direction. They, they need challenges. They need ideas. They need other men to come in and say, listen, man, like this isn't working. Uh, you you really need to fix this, 
And for some reason, uh, men tend to respond very well to that. And so I always, I always kind of roll my eyes and shake my head when I hear preachers and pastors uh, talk negatively, like about Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan, and, I get, and even Andrew Tate. And I, mean, I understand the whole Andrew Tate controversy stuff, but why, the question really should be: Why are men drawn to these guys? Yeah. It's not just like let's crap on these guys for going to these men for direction and help. You should be asking yourself: Why are they going to these men for direction and help? There's a void. There's a massive void that these men are filling that, that good Christian men should be filling that void. Yeah. Uh, you don't like Andrew Tate's message? Fine. Give a better message. But you got to speak to men directly. Yeah. And we've, we've gotten into this, this weird habit, uh, especially in, in, in local churches, that we don't want to challenge guys anymore. It's like, well, we lament that they don't show up to church, but then we don't give them anything to like fight for. Yeah, uh, And we think that it's just... And I get it. Like, well, we're trying to preserve the gospel message. We don't want them to earn their salvation. I'm like, okay, that's clear, but that doesn't mean they don't do anything. (laughs) Okay, so like, you still got to live out your life, man. Like, there's still uh, Sunday through Saturday that uh, of work to be done. There's still guys struggling deeply in corporate environments. Uh, They're they're guys that are encountering untold evil in the marketplace, and uh, they're trying to raise families. They're trying to be good husbands. They're trying to be good employees or employers. We never talk about these things. Well, you know, these Jordan Peterson and these guys are talking about those things. So millions of men are just flocking to them. Yeah. And instead of giving a better message and, and, and using that and tapping into that, we're just kind of throwing our hands in the air like, why aren't men in, why aren't men in the church? It's like, Man, what a dumb question. Yeah. Uh, it really does bother me uh, deeply. And so Brotherhood of Valor is kind of birthed out of that, that idea. Um, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere, and I don't, I don't know how many guys will help. I just know that we want to help guys, uh, but it, it, it does. It costs money. I'm, my time is not free, just like nobody else's time is free. Right. Uh, but we want to bring insane value uh, to these young men, to these older men, middle-aged men, whoever. Uh, we, we have training programs that my, my friend and I have built to really help guys. We want to have one-on-one interactions with these guys. We want to have retreats with these guys. We do a lot of hunting and fishing and outdoor stuff. And so we, we would love to bring guys into Arkansas, take them out, shoot ski, and, and really just get to know these guys on a deeper level. Um, so we have a lot of ideas with that, but we're in the infancy stages. Uh, yeah. of it. Uh, you know, valor is a, is a beautiful word. Uh, I use this word intentionally. Some people think it's cheesy. I don't care. Fatherhood men just cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but these are lost words that have yeah. deep meaning. Absolutely. And unfortunately, we live in a culture that, that doesn't seem to like to define terms very well. Uh, and I, I like to. Uh, I think it's really important that we understand things. And words like bravery, courage, you know, heroism, uh, boldness, virtue. I mean, do you hear people talk about virtue anymore? Uh, honor, yeah. you know, civility, um, you know, dignity, purpose, respect, integrity. These are big words that we're going to be bringing uh, to the forefront in, in, in this brotherhood. But it's no secret that men thrive in brotherhoods. This is no secret. This is ancient yeah. wisdom. I mean, ancient wisdom. Yeah. Uh, there is, there is, if we have anything tested and proven, it's brotherhood. <laughs> yeah. How important this is for men and, and, the, and, the, and the unfortunate reality, especially guys my age, most guys my age don't have good friendships. Uh, they just don't have really good friends. And if they do, it's just usually like a drinking buddy or something they, you know, they do on the weekend from time to time. They don't have those deep, long lasting, like I've got your back. I have a shield uh, type friendship. Yeah. Uh, that is a detriment to men. 
and it is killing men left and right. And, and this is why the suicide stats are so staggering. It's like, man, why, why would a man who has a wife and, and kids kill himself? Like people aren't asking the right questions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he yeah. doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have any brotherhood. He, he feels very empty. He feels very purposeless. He's, he's so like caught up in the, in the, in the culture currently that he's just lost and aimless. And he feels like he has nothing to live for. This is really, I mean, devastatingly sad stuff. Brotherhood of Valor is that that's the direction we're going in is to kind of fill that deep void. Um, I know a lot of guys are doing brotherhoods and stuff right now, so I, I don't know if it'll catch on. But as we, you know, as I keep growing the Twitter page and, and getting a bigger audience, I, I hope that, you know, we can influence more and more people in those directions. So, you know, social media is powerful if you use it, you know, the right way. And yeah. you know, Twitter has become a, an interesting little leverage point for me to, and I don't use it as much as I like because uh, I am busy, but you know, we, it, it is a, it is an outlet and a, and a piece. I've met a lot of great guys on Twitter. Uh, I met you on Twitter, man. Yeah. yeah there we go. That's, that's how this works. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've made partnerships on Twitter. I've hired guys off Twitter to work for my company. I mean, it, it's just been, it's, it's been a unique outlet. I, I think it's really cool. Yeah. No, well, awesome. and I think there is a starvation for truth if you mm-hmm. want to, and you guys are speaking truth. I think people, you know, when we talked about all these last things, people are afraid. There's a lack of courage yeah. that if they say something, they'll be, you know, yeah. martyr, you know, they'll be canceled. Hurt, they'll be, they'll yeah, be no. whatever. But I do think the majority do want truth. Yeah. And we need more people to stand up and say yeah. the truth. You know, just like my husband, he saw you and believes in your message, right? On Twitter, yeah. you know. And it's it's a major problem where we need to actually no, this is the definition and this is the truth. Really, all of us have the light of Christ that are seeking that truth. There's that quote, I can't remember who said it, but, you know, in the kingdom of lies, truth is treason, right? Yeah. And and it feels like that's where we're at right now in society, right? Is where we have all these things where, I mean, people don't, are unwilling to define what a man or a woman is, right? All my kids, when they were two, they knew who was a man and who was a woman. Like they could do that at that age and it, some basic facts like that are are being tossed aside saying like that's this doesn't matter and but yeah. it does it's it's so matters well, so it's deeply demeaning to those rules absolutely so yes. just the attack you know i'm it. not a father but the attack on womanhood is very yeah. demeaning. and being a mom yeah like like I'm that not is, a birthing person so. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but it, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah but better I, than that yeah yeah but it, but it is a thing where like a lot of times, like even you'll do this. I'm just a mom. You're not just a mom. Like that is a very important God given role. Yeah. I mean, the second person created was a mother, right? That's it was right. Eve. Mm-hmm. You know, we had yeah. Adam and then Eve and it was one right after the other. It wasn't yeah. like Adam was hanging out for years and years, mm-hmm. hanging out, wondering what to do. It's well, and the father and other, the mother I think working story, together. It showed, you know, it wasn't good for man to be alone. Exactly. You know? so right. Well, that's, that's beautiful. Uh, and it's powerful. It's a powerful antidote, you know, to the chaos that we see. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. I th- I, you know, that fear. And one of the things I think, too, is that even in the Brotherhood of Valor, that we want to teach guys is how to make money. <laughs> Yeah, like how to, how to really go out and, and, and use side hustles and use opportunities to build streams of income because you're right. If you're if you're afraid to speak truth because you're going to lose livelihood, I get that's a real fear. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to feed your family. I, I understand all that. 
but you, you've got to be creative in your approach to the to the world that God's birthed us in. Yeah. We're we're lucky enough to be to be in the United States where there is remarkable opportunity to to build wealth and to build uh, to build future wealth. We talk a lot about legacy. We talk a lot about a good man leaving uh, an inheritance to his children's children. Yeah. Uh, there are financial yeah. aspects to that. There's more to it than that. I mean, obviously, we want to leave the mark of fatherhood and motherhood on our children. Uh, but also, you, you want to be smart with, with the resources God has given you, you know, to build out so that you don't have to be afraid to, to lose something, you know, in, in the end. Because I'm, I'm a fighter by nature. My, my mind, my heart, my, my design. I was, I was an atheist until so I was 26. I became a Christian. I became a Christian at 20, 27 uh, years old. I'm 41 now, but I've always had that fighter nature in me. And I think, my gosh, man, like, okay, if you, if you can me in this position, I'll just go, I'll go create another one. Like, what are you talking about? The cancer? Yeah. Yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm still alive. I'm not, uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm still talking, I'm still breathing. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, what does this even mean? It's, it's so, it's so ridiculous. It, it's, beyond childish mm-hmm. and, and we've, we've got to be able to stand in that and, and not be ashamed and afraid uh, to counter lies with, with truth. And um, yeah, these, these are, these are big things that we, that especially men today, man, they're, they're being browbeat into, into silence. I, I find that just really odd that, that we've complied so well to it. Right. My, my epiphany that I had the other day was uh Nowhere in the scriptures does it say that God sent us here to be comfortable. Right. Right. He, he sent us here to learn, to have trials, to grow, yep. become who he wants us to be. And you can't do that playing Xbox for no. 40 hours a week. Yeah. That's yeah. what makes life exciting. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. For some reason, we've interpreted disagreements or, uh, you know, hey, I don't agree with maybe certain policies or ideas as, as hatred. I, I find that just so fascinating. Uh, because it's not that. I mean, I no. listen. We do love people. We. I, I mean, I. I know I do. My family does. I'm. I'm literally raising other people's children. Uh, yeah. Off and on. Like we want to serve our communities. We want to be a blessing and an encouragement. I don't want to be a cynic. I don't want to be a discourager. But there are things that that have to be talked about. It's like, man, if you ask me my opinion about something, I mean, you're going to get it, and you may not like that. But it, it just seems like we've created such an identity crisis and in, in humanity yeah. that any disagreement is an attack on you as an individual person, and you hate me. And it's like, no, no, like maybe we should really talk about some of these policies and ideas because mm-hmm. some of them are really, really, really dangerous yeah. and really hurtful to hum- humanity as a whole. And you may not agree with that, and that's okay. Yeah. But yeah, there's going to be times where, man, things clash, and I, I think cooler heads. I think it's imperative that we keep cool heads and yeah. have self control, uh, but not cower to the disagreement. I, I think that's where that's where the cowardice comes in. It's like, man, you you believe what you believe, stand in that. Yeah. Don't like lose your temper, even if someone's screaming in your face. Right. Yeah. Uh, you just speak to that directly. Don't follow all the trails. Stay on point. And, and this is, we, we'll go into the homeschool conversation stuff. This is why you teach logic. This is why you teach grammar and rhetoric and the dialectic phases of, of, of growth, because it enables you to actually really see argumentation and speak to it. And what you'll notice about our culture is they, they'll say something and then 50 million things come out of that. And they want you to go on all these rabbit trails and it makes you look bad. Um, it's like, no, we're going to... S- stick to the point. But hey, going back, I want to hear, I, this is kind of a side note. I thought it was interesting that you said you were an atheist 
it's a long story. So what do you want to know about it? I guess <laughs> what changed your heart? I don't know. Like it's, I always find those yeah. interesting stories, you know, so. You know, there, I wasn't raised in the church. My, mm-hmm. my mother and father were not, I, I had a mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a great upbringing, had a great family. Uh, my dad worked a lot. Uh, he wasn't as involved as my as my mom was, but I always had an understanding that you know he was doing the best he could to provide for his family, and he did. Uh, my mom also started little businesses that she would do from home. She was incredible, uh, but, but we were not uh, spiritual people or religious people, as they say. So we, you know, I get into high school, and I, I'm, I, I'm I was. Uh, I spent a stint. My dad was in oil, so we, we lived overseas a little bit. I lived in the United Arab Emirates and moved back to Southern Oklahoma, uh, where I where I spent most of my time was in Southern Oklahoma. Uh, so you know, pretty Christianized, you know, yeah. environment. And you know, I had buddies always inviting to youth groups and stuff. And so I, I encountered things, but I just wasn't sold on it. And I, and I think the main, I guess my main objection was was how people lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that, and I'm not in the non-hypocritical way. I mean, I I made terrible mistakes as as an atheist and as a Christian, but just just that seriousness about about living and how we live in the everyday stuff. Everything felt so ethereal, like up in space, and didn't really touch into reality. And I, I didn't like that about a lot of the preaching and teaching that I encountered. It was always up here. It was real lofty. I'm like, well, I'm down here. I'm in. I'm like in the guts of life. I'm, right. I'm in school. I'm. I, this is reality. Like, how does this, how does this affect reality? And so my wife was a Christian. We dated in high school and, and got into college and college was like my demise. You know, I I went to Oklahoma state university and uh, encountered some incredible professors that I really, really love and loved and love to this day that were like crazy uh, atheistic and uh, liberal in the classic sense, not, not how we define liberal today. And, uh, so I was really challenged by by a lot of ideas when I when I went to college. But again, I'm a fighter by nature. So I was always like a, and I don't mean this politically when I say conservative. I've always been a conservative guy. Um, I, I don't like some of these ideas. So I would I would box with these, you know, verbally box with these professors and build some good friendships. But but it really killed any idea of faith mm-hmm. in my life. And so by the time I was 21, 22, I, I wasn't even sure that that Jesus was even a real person at, at, yeah. at that point. Uh, I didn't, and, and I say it nonchalantly now, and I'll work to not get emotional as we progress, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't even care. You know, I, I just was like, I got to get a job. It's time to work. It's like, we're in life. Like, I don't really care about this stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess when, when as things progressed, our marriage was a bit rocky in the beginning, primarily because, again, she wanted to be involved in church and, and different things. Long story short, I didn't that creates problems in a marriage. Yeah. Uh, we're on different, different spheres of, of worldview. Uh, but it, it creates problems because you know, it, it just does. And I'll spare you all, all those details, but, but what ended up happening is I, I came to a pretty good head with my life of, of, of kind of like brotherhood of valor, just what's the purpose of, of all this? Um, yeah. you know, I went to college, I worked real hard, did real well in school and, didn't do very well in high school and junior high. That's another story. Well, in college, uh, was working real hard. Uh, got into retail, which was a terrible idea. Uh, working sixty-hour weeks, which is also not good on on a marriage. Yeah, um, especially during the holidays when that's all you do is work. <laughs> and then, so yeah, we, it just got to a place where I, I started asking a lot, a lot more uh, fundamental questions about life. 
and uh, started reading a lot of classics, uh, a lot of a lot of novels, a lot of ancient wisdom, a lot of Stoics. I still love the Stoics to this day. Um, I think they steal from the Christian worldview and the old Old Testament, old covenant worldview stuff too. But but it's still great stuff, yeah. uh, and helpful things. But man, I, I yeah, I, I decided to kind of turn to the scriptures for some guidance, and, and not not that I wanted to believe. Uh, but it, it became one of those deals. I was reading all the classics and one of the classics I didn't read was the scriptures. Uh, and so once I started diving into that, things, things started feeling a lot different. It just, everything came alive. Uh, you know, yeah. lights began to come on the words, you know, I'd read all this literature. I'd read all this classic, these classic novels and loved every bit of that, but this was profoundly different. Um, and things began to really shift in my mind and my heart and it, yeah, it was like I came alive and uh, my life completely changed. Yeah. Um, I, I get to get to passages that in, in the New Testament of, of, of Christ's redemptive work and, and, and yeah. what he did on the cross, what he did in his resurrection. I'm like, but he, nobody rises from the dead. You know, I had all my, my fundamental problems with, with these things. But all of a sudden, man, it, the only way I know how to explain it is the, the spirit of God worked in my, my life. Mm-hmm. Opened me up to truth. I was finally in a position to receive it. And at 27, man, I just, I just gave up. I threw the towel in and said, okay, you, you win. Um, this stuff is, is, is freaky real and is life changing and life altering. Uh, I don't know what to do with it, but I'm, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I think that I need to, I, I, I want to be in and I want to yeah. learn more. I want to grow more. And I want to, impact the world in, in, in a positive way yeah uh, so god brought deep uh, purpose and deep meaning into my life um but yeah that changed everything that changed the dynamic clearly it changed the dynamic in my home uh my, my wife was pregnant at the time all this was going on yeah. and my son was born that that was a you, you talk about a life altering especially as you're learning about christianity and learning about the birth of christ and then you birth a son it was like it was just too I was like, Lord, that's just too profound, you know, and yeah. in my life, uh, here's this baby and you came as a baby. It just, it was just so wild. Yeah. Uh-huh. All the, all the things, all the pieces came, came into place, but yeah, the, the whole conviction of sin, that wasn't a problem for me in my early twenties. But when you start studying the scriptures, when you start opening your heart up and your mind up, yeah. and that conviction just got almost unbearable, uh, of, of the evil that of, of my own life, the evil of my own actions, some of the things I, I had done, even even though they weren't like legally throw me in jail type stuff, but it was like, man, I have sinned against a holy God. I have I have rebelled against pure, glorious good. Yeah. I, I have let all of that slide for just just dirt. It was like yeah. eating dirt my whole life. And so yeah, to be cleansed and to like confess your sins and to repent of your sins and like to feel the washing of that regeneration uh, was pretty wild. Um, and so people always ask like, oh, did you just kind of like come to an intellectual conclusion? It's like, no, none of this makes sense. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, Christ is coming back on a white horse in a cloud of fire. Like, come on, like, this is crazy. <laughs> um, a man rose from the dead, conquering sin, Satan, and death. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, this stuff is wild, but I believe yeah. it with all of my heart. Right, yeah. uh, which is so cool, and they're like, "You're just, you're just, you're, you're an idiot. You're not an intellectual." I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm both. I guess I'm both. I don't know." <laughs> yeah. uh, but this is what happened to me when you encounter God like this. Yeah, um, 
in, in, in his presence and power comes, comes to you, man. Like it's, it's real. It's really a change and it's a real presence and it's a real guidance. He's a real help and a real, he's a real father, which goes to, back to our fatherhood comments. Like God as father was a really remarkable revelation for me. Um, and especially now as it relates to fatherlessness, that God can be our father. I, I find that really interesting in today's day um, that God reveals himself this way. But, but yeah, I came came through the word. That's where that's where I encountered the Lord. So ironically, no, that's who would have thought? That's awesome. <laughs> I don't think we all. It's it's the Lord who's in charge, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. This has been part one of our conversation with Rob Wood, the Fatherhood Ninja. Join us next week when we talk more about education and homeschooling. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Diamond Education Podcast. You can connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Diamond Education, D-I-M-O-N-D, or on our website, diamonded.com.